Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Week with Cheek podcast. Before we start the podcast, I'd like to acknowledge that we are recording and living on stolen land of the Yagra and Turrbal people. That sovereignty was never ceded, and I'd like to acknowledge elders past and present. Welcome back to the Weekly Cheek. Welcome. Today, we're going... Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about... um, the media's coverage of women in leadership positions. Specifically, I think it's come from Sana Marin and the leaked video of her <gasps> dancing. Oh my God. Scandalous. Scandal. Sana. I was trying to think of that. What is Our that? Fucking day. <laughs> Launch a coup. <laughs> She's not fit to be prime minister. She's not fit. That's actually the, okay. We'll start with a game. Game. Yay. Game. So I have prepared. Some and by prepared I mean I just googled some things and took screenshots. Screenshotted <laughs> because I'm very organised today. <laughs> um, some either headlines or quotes mm-hmm. that men have made about women in leadership positions, mm-hmm. or and it's not just I've got one that's like not a leader, but I'll give you a hint. Okay. Um, and it's just like you got you get to guess who the woman leader is, who's experienced this. Okay. Oh god. Exciting. Don't worry, there's no one that I don't think you'll know. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Quote in an interview directed at a woman leader. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of prime ministers in my time, but none so young, not too many so smart, and never one so attractive. Just in the other end. Yes. Yes. <laughs> in the so sad, but though. Also terrible. tried to speak about... In this interview, he was it was Charles Woolley, so mm-hmm. the sixty minutes guy for an uh, Australian. Yeah, and he um, in this interview with Jacinda, he made reference to the the date of conception of her child and how like it was clearly during the election campaign and was insinuating and asking questions about that. And she was like, "It was when the election was done, haha!" But like tried to stop that. Oh, what the? F- what is the point he's trying to make? That she had sex while she was campaigning. How dare she call the police? <laughs> Next. Okay. So this is Mark Latham talking about domestic violence in respect to a particular prominent, particularly prominent advocate in the space. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's not about this person, but it's in reference to this person's story. And Mm -hmm. I just want to see if you can get the the person, which I think you'll be able to, but I think this is just fucked up. Mm -hmm. Mark Latham suggested that domestic violence was a coping mechanism for men and accused the individual of using their platform, um, like their domestic violence advocacy work against domestic violence, um, as a political gain campaign against all Australian men. He then went further to say that the feminist left um, used domestic violence as like a curse of political correctness in in Australia. It's part of the curse of political correctness. And then suggested that women are safer than ever before. Oh, my God. Oh... No, that's not that very suggestive for the person, but... I want to say Clem Ford. No, Rosie Batty. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. This is just a, a line that a famous person used about another woman leader. Mm-hmm. She is like the stereotypical bitch. You know what I mean? Question mark. Oh, my God. It's hard because now I'm making you question who you think is most likely to be that description, which sucks. Oh, yikes. Yes. Um... I feel like it's Hillary Clinton. It is. Glenn Beck said that about Hillary Clinton. 
Anyone who has chosen to remain deliberately barren, they've got no idea what life's about. Julie Gillard. Yes. Disgusting. Was that a super fun game? I think, like, the worst thing about it is not that I was, like, um, yeah, it is a bit, like, uh, who do I think is going to be called a bitch? But I feel like there's, like, so many, I mean, there's just, like, general, like, misogynistic treatment of women. But I feel like, um, like, particularly male commentators latch onto a specific aspect of yes. the person like for Jacinda Ardern it's like well she's hot and young so she's like inexperienced and can't be the prime minister and then for Hillary Clinton it was like well she's a bitch and she's yeah. a, a big meanie so she can't be the president yes. and then for Julie Gillard I was always like unmarried no children yes so I feel like there's always like a thing that people latch onto and then so much of the commentary is like around that aspect of them one of the other bits I was just reading about Clinton was um they were someone said like does America really want to watch a woman age before their eyes every day what the f okay newsflash everyone ages before everyone's eyes at all times at literally all times i'm dying right now yes we are <laughs> if you're watching this on youtube you are watching us age in 30 minutes that's crazy i think i, I think i'm gonna age significantly over this conversation yes to be quite honest so sorry so marin now the what thing happened? that triggered me was that um there was this headline in the australian that i actually want to read out so the Australian published this opinion piece. Ambitious women can be leaders, but must be accountable. And then the subheading is the unlikely trinity of Sana Marin, Jacinda Ardern and Meghan Markle have to learn that with power comes great responsibility. Yes. You fucking silly little women. You don't know what fucking <laughs> responsibility is. I didn't realize that. What, what, sorry, what is it that we have to be women? have to be held accountable. Yeah. We, I didn't we can that was, be leaders. We can be allowed. I didn't realize that was specific to women. So that's an interesting that thing is, for me that's to a take. I'm going to take that on and like apply it to my own life. Yes. What has Meghan Markle done to offend this person? I think she's released a podcast. How dare How she? Dare she? How dare she? Well, did you hear what um, uh, fucking, which one is it? The K, the Carl, the Kyle. Carl, Carl Stefanovic said about, said about well, Meghan Markle. I didn't hear what he said. I didn't hear what he said. So in her, in her pod, I think, I don't know if it was her podcast. I think it was the, <laughs> she got interviewed by someone. Yes. Was it Serena Williams? No, that was the podcast episode. She interviewed Serena Williams. Oh, oh, copy. Okay. I thought Serena Williams interviewed her. Maybe she did. Anyway. I didn't listen to the podcast personally. So there was a podcast. <laughs> Look at us. And they we have journalistic stuff. rigor. Before they said we... things. The rigor and... of these conversations <laughs> need to be prepared for. <laughs> so, so, so we're talking about something. We're not sure what happened. Uh, but <laughs> so, this is the bare minimum. Basically, we're still doing more than all of those people. No. Um, so basically, Meghan Markle talked about um, there being a fire at a house she was staying at. And her it was in her baby's nursery. Yes. And the baby was like taken out of the nursery um, like not long before the fire started, right. basically it was the story. And Carl Stefanovic was like, so, so you're telling me that she was upset because there was a fire and her baby wasn't even there. Like that was literally his take. He was like, so you, there was, the baby wasn't in the nursery. Like, I'm sorry, does there have to be like, okay. So for, for a woman to be upset about her child, there needs to be a fire. Like what within a foot? Like what the absolute, how absolutely fucking, dare this man get on his platform which is fucking massive and say shit like that like to me i see that and i'm like he doesn't even almost have a point he is just that is like at the very least a microaggression against a black woman 
That is all I saw when I saw that article. Absolutely. I'm like, you hate her and you have picked up some fucking random mm. little snippet of, snippet of a podcast to like validate your hatred of this woman I who think... in some way has obviously offended you at some stage, some probably by stage. existing as a black woman. Must be. Strange. Adjacent to the royals. Fucking that man. Fuck. Oh, this God. is really awful. Okay. It's not to do with women. But it's just awful. fucked up. So, okay. and there's been a bit of big outcry. But it, this this is fucked. So I think it was yesterday. It depends on when this podcast comes out. Anyway, whatever. It's going to be in weeks from now. Kyle described, I think it's monkeypox, as the big gay disease. Oh, and Jesus. that it's only the gays getting it before asking a gay caller to the show if he was fearful of getting it because of his sexuality. Asked, asking if he'd seen the dirty scabs that everyone gets. We're not letting any gays near our baby. The monkeypox, the big gay disease floating around, it's only the gays getting it. What, ba- what baby? He's got a baby. Oh, Jesus. That is awful news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yep. Is it a girl? I love that this episode is us <laughs> researching <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> oh my god, he has a he is a father. Oh son. Oh that's uh, worse. <laughs> oh my god. I thought it better, but it's not that son. It's bad yeah, it's bad both ways. Just in a different way. I actually think in a way that his daughter will just be like the classic socialite, like with an overprotective father, whereas mm. the son is now going to be like Andrew Him. Tate Light. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh Jesus Christ! I, oh God! This is the state of our media. I don't know what to do. Like that is just two examples of the Kyle Carls of the world who I was about them. If you were a few episodes ago. <laughs> Fuck. I I wish I had something constructive to say, but I'm just learning the information, so I'm just processing still. Hmm. I it's just funny because a woman dancing in a, pri- a private space with her friends at 34 years old tells us everything that we need to know about the way that politicians are expected to behave and the demographic that we trust with leadership. Yeah. So when we look at someone like Sana Marin and we see this outpouring of like you know, she's not fit for office and all these things around the world. What it communicates and reminds us of is that one, no politicians at the moment are in our world are really of the age where they have that digital footprint, like, yeah. like is about to explode onto the scene. I think if like, if I run for politics eventually, like fuck, there's some shit out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite aware of that. Yeah. And I think there is for most of us, but I think that what this looks like and what this translates to is these big questions about what people's private lives can look like and what demographic we trust to be leaders. So like, I think that at the moment, what we associate competency, trust and leadership with is like this pale male stale over fifties demographic. Mm-hmm. Right. It's funny because evidence tells us and history shows us that those people are fuckwits and the whole planet's going to die because of them. But also think it's like all <laughs> that was so much. Allegedly. <laughs> Real. That's a sound we bite. Can, I think we can actually say because we didn't say anyone specifically. Um, but the thing is like we we know that those people, like particularly in – well, I mean we know in Australia that – like there are male politicians who are like abusers and harassers in their workplace. And like that gets little to no airtime. Like remember when the camp, like inside the Canberra bubble came out and 
everyone was like, oh my God, it's going to be fucking huge. And then it was like nothing. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why we all collectively didn't be like, what the absolute fuck is going because on in this country? Because this is how it happens for men. Mm-hmm. Here's an allegation. Allegedly. Yeah. Right? And then we go, oh, but we can't ruin his life based on an allegation right mm. we don't know his fitness as a person independent inquiry why would scott morrison's not going to do that to our attorney general blah 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 conversely a woman dances in a private space is forced to take a drug test and address the fact that she danced in a private space what is the question around her competency with that what, what is the question what is the risk what is she doing is it because she has a private life is it mm. because she's enjoying herself when she's supposed to be at the helm of a country 24 7 is it because she has a husband and small child i think it's because it's um seen as promiscuous dancing holy fucking shit that's the because because imagine if like an older like one of our former um any of our former prime ministers except julie gillard was like filmed dancing like the the public reaction would be like oh what a silly what a larrikin i see but because she's younger and attractive in the gender standard beauty standard way yeah it's and it's because we don't um people don't trust people younger than them yeah as well like i think i looked her and i think fucking dead set legend right yeah but i think that people like of my parents age would even be like she's 34 like is she capable is she up to it she's dancing and we have these very specific ideas of when you're capable and when you're mature enough and when you should hold responsibility and we just know that not to be true yeah i trust her more than i trust a 50 year old i trust her to make decisions about the world we're about to inherit because she's part of that world yes Oh my God. It just upsets me so much to how much she's been subjected to. And I'm, she, her, her response has been so impressive. Mm. Literally the, the equivalent of her response has been, I'm not going to apologize and this is going to continue. Yeah. I understand, but I'm not going to, I'm still going to maintain a private life and I have a life outside of my job. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing is like the, the private lives of politicians that we accept are beer on the weekend at the footy, beer at a music, music gig, going to church, having a family, having a, a, a sort of kept wife is always the sort of view that Australian politicians have had because it's only really been men in leadership. Remember how they treated Julia Gillard? She had a partner that she was not married to who was a man who was a hairdresser. And mm. what did they say? He was gay. Yeah. They all said it. Yeah. Because I think that's the thing. Like, if it was Julia Gillard who got, um, you know, in quotes, caught dancing, like, the the rhetoric would not be like it is for her, but it would not also be like it would be for Albanese dancing. Yes. It would it, be like, oh, my God, that's so sad. She wants to be young. Remember Theresa May's dancing video? Oh, yeah. That was memed. And that's the thing. Mm. For older women, it's embarrassing. Exactly. Because it's like you're too old. Yeah. To, yeah. Because you've aged, so it's like an unfortunate pity thing. Yes, which is really sad because, like, obviously my political beliefs do not align with Theresa May for the record. Mm. But I actually thought it like it like endeared me to her. Absolutely, I, 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 totally I was like, agree. oh, it's like a woman who's like in a very important position, who's like not afraid to like yeah. be a bit silly and like doesn't take herself too seriously. Like yes. that's what that says to me. But it's also like someone like Jacinda Ardern. She runs her own socials. Yeah. So like often she gets on and does like a like a live in the morning before she's doing a press run or mm-hmm. whatever. And I think that endears me to her. She posts like, this is what my daughter baked for mother's day or blah, blah, blah. And that sort of shit, like that is personalizing and, and individualizing the experience. Like people should feel like they have some sort of personal, like I, I think it's actually a testament to politicians that reveal that they have a personality and a personal life outside of their job. Yeah. That's not fully polished. No. Also, I think that, and again with like, and it's not necessary and have to be like young, that have to be in their thirties, but um 
we are like young people and just, you know, the Western world in general is expecting different things from their politicians now. Like we don't really like I see, a, you know, Polish like PR perfect um, press conference and I'm like, yawn, boring, say something. But then I see like Jacinda Ardern who did all of those um, COVID live stream from her bed, like in her pajamas talking about stuff yeah. and like answering questions that real people had typed into the fucking box. Yeah. Like that's what we should be. That is what we want. Yeah. And we have communicated that over and over and over, but because we're not represented properly in like high levels of government, no one's fucking doing it. Absolutely. And like, I, cause I think like anyone can do that. Like Albanese can do that. Also, he can pay people to fucking orchestrate it for him. Like you don't have to be a young woman to be able to do those things. Anyone can do it. It's just like, to me, it says, I don't give a fuck about young people and I'm not interested in engaging with yeah. them. And we can see the, like AOC does it as well. Like mm -hmm. a lot of question and answer with real people addressing real questions. And, and that's the thing is like, why to now has it been so normal for people to be at arm's length with their own constituents? Yes. That's not normal. And it's, it makes politics inaccessible. They're not celebrities. No. They literally represent us on a global stage. And like someone like Scott Morrison has a fucking personal photographer who follows him around. And that's who, that's where the pictures for his social media came from. Yeah great so mad so mad right now do you think it's oh do you think it's getting better because that to me says no no i think um it's it there's going to be a series of waves so i yeah. think like which for julia gillard like she was the first really awful um and she had a lot of specific things like there was a lot about her being ginger there's a lot about her dress her size um, there's a lot about the fact that she was Welsh as well. So like her accent was attacked a lot. You've got Alan Jones in the chaff bag, father died of shame. I watched a TikTok with all the, the cuts of the clips of people saying awful things about her. And I started crying again last night. I keep doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jacinda Ardern is the third woman in New Zealand. Yeah. Looking at Sana Marin, like she's about to do what no one's really done before. Like she's 34 years old. Mm, like that woman. is and the youngest prime minister ever in Australia was 37 and like 10 months or something. Mm -hmm. I know that because when I was in year four, I Googled it because I wanted to beat it <laughs> because I'm you a very, of, very normal person. You could heaps of time queen. I think I do. I have 13 years to do that. Yeah. That's ages. That's exciting. Hannah for PM. Hannah for PM right now. Imagine that. No one could fucking beat me then. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think that. I don't know. I think also like the fact that it's been so long since Julie Gillard, like it's going to be at least three years until we could possibly, that's the soonest we could possibly have a woman prime minister. Yeah. And that's, it's been like a decade longer. It'll be longer than a decade. I don't know if that's just like pessimistic of me, but I just don't really. Who is the up and comer, right? I thought Plibersek had a chance. Um, Not anymore. I don't think. No. And I, I don't see any women at the forefront who are about to take charge in the Australian politics. That's the thing. They don't. And I actually, um, so I did an interview with, um, a, like someone who follows cheek yesterday, um, for an assignment. And she was talking about diversity. The project was about diversity in gender diversity in Australian politics. Yep. And I said, and I fully stand by it. Um, obviously <laughs> I, was like, I said this shit, and I, didn't believe. <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, like, it's not like labor has fairly good, um, gender split in terms yep. of men and women, but binary ratio. And I think they're about 50, 50 in the yeah. lower house. Yeah. I'm not sure about the Senate. Um, 
but it's not enough for them to just have those women there. Like, I don't want to see them like on the back bench, just like hanging out, being like existing. And yeah. I'm not saying that might sound belittling, but I'm not saying they're not doing things in there for their um, electorates. But like, you need to do more than that. I just don't think you can like claim it's a good start. And I fully stand by that. Like 50, 50 um, gender split is really good, but it should be a hundred percent. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, but I just think that like, that's not, you're not done. Like the deputy PM is also a man. So we've yeah. got two men in charge and like, I know there's women in the cabinet, but like which one of them is getting prepped to be the next leader? Like when are we going to see that person? And then for the libs, like there's absolutely no fucking chance to be quite honest. Yes. If you ask me. So I just think it's not enough to just be there. You need to be like doing things. And I think that that's what, um, and I don't know a lot about the like international leaders who are women, except for Margaret Thatcher, who did the opposite. And she made sure that there would be a very long time before they ever saw another woman prime minister. But I think that Julie Gillard actually did a lot of work to um, make sure that things were easier for the next person, which again, like if it's going to be like fucking 20 years and I don't, unfortunately, I, don't, I think it's going to have like faded and we're going to be seeing the same thing again. Absolutely. Uh, just Maybe the third. Maybe woman? I'll go home and watch strong female lead and cry for two hours. It was very good. It's very good. Very good. And one of our followers did the sound mix. Yes. Shout out. Shout out. I'm not sure you don't feel your name, sorry. But it was excellent. It was. But at this point, like, again, with, like, the gender split in Australian politics is not so bad at a national level. No. And still we've, we're getting this. Like, I don't, I, I don't think – it's not enough for women to just be around. Like, no. what do – what needs to happen? But they're, they're more than around. They're in, you know, like I look at Labor's cabinet. It's really, really excellent. But it's it's still like the the overarching feeling, especially in the lead up to the election, I think it will be the same next election, is like, oh, don't put a woman up because, you know, they'll lose then. Yeah. And it's like it's too risky. And even that that innate fear is yes. so disturbing. Yeah. Like I, I think that for the federal election last time it was like, I, I I I firmly believe there were probably conversations behind closed doors about the risk of a woman. Uh, between Plitasek and Bill Shorten. Or Albo. Yeah. Preparing for this one. Yeah, like we 100%. have to beat Scott. Yep. And I even get that. Like our conversations were like, you kind of might have to put a man up because that's how you're going to win over. Like you're going because to get... of the disgusting sexism of the Australian public. Absolutely not because I'm like, well, they're not going to vote a woman. I'm not going to vote a woman in. It's, it's, it's more that I know what is who Australia is. And it's like my parents would ring and say like, oh, why won't Penny Wong do it? And I'm like, are you fucking serious? People love Penny Wong, but I'm like, Australians mm. do not love. Yes, diversity. Yeah, they don't love diversity. And she represents two, at least two forms of diversity. Like Three. Can, people cannot handle that. Yeah, no. I would, that's who, that would be my pick. Penny would be yes. my pick. Also, she'd have to come. Actually, do you know that the Prime Minister can be elected in the Senate. from the Senate? But can you imagine, people don't understand that either. No, they don't. But people, well, people don't understand, because when, when you say, like, why can't Penny Bong be um, PM? The d default response is, well, she's in the Senate. Anyway, everything's <laughs> fucked. Everything's fucked. I actually wonder if, um, if at this point, because we're seeing more gender diversity in politics, but we're not actually seeing it in those prominent media positions, the media commentators, because those problems come when um, these like old conservative and sexist men are interviewing or, or writing or talking about the women. So what if there were women in those positions? But you do have women in those positions. You have you had Lee Sales and Laura Tingle at 7.30, and then you had Patricia Gavalis, you know, is replacing um, Fran on Radio National. And you have like, obviously that's the ABC, but... 
we do have women like Lisa Wilkinson and Carrie Bickmore on the project, like in our, in those free to air national positions, we do have women. And yet the voices that just drowned it out are the fucking Peter Van Onselens, the fucking Andrew Bolts. Yeah. Ben Ford and these fuckwits. But I think if you had a look at it, and maybe this is so bold of me without having the facts, but I think that there is more diversity in Australian politics than there is in um, Australian media right now. You don't think so? To that, to the level. I don't think you could argue that without knowing. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot more men. The vibes are that there's a lot more men around talking shit. ABS, can you establish? Well, I guess the thing for me is like, there's no women in those like conservative medias. But then why is that <laughs> exactly <laughs> someone should look into this inquiry <laughs> royal commission <laughs> but also those women wouldn't say anything different like they wouldn't say much different to the men yeah but they like peter they're Craig- brainwashed exactly well peter credlin i'm like she's not gonna if she interviewed julie gillard which i'm sure she did i'm sure i wouldn't be like wow well, peter credlin would have been tony abbott's chief of staff at the time true <laughs> fuck I cannot get over in Malcolm Turnbull's book that he wrote that if Peter Credlin and Tony Abbott were having an affair, that was the least interesting part of their relationship. That's spicy as fuck. Love that. Please give us the deets. If you know any deets, DM us. If you didn't find us completely insufferable, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. You could also find us on Instagram at Cheek Media Co. or online at cheekmedia.com.au. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs>